0: Thanks for checking out this message from Springmount. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmountcf.co.uk or join us every Sunday from 11am at Abbey Road in barrow Furnace. Connect with us on social media. Follow us on Twitter, at SpringmountCF. And like us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash SpringmountCF.
1: Good morning. Okay, it's working. (laughs) Good morning, everyone. Uh, So that song makes me get a bit emotional, Uh, so I just have to compose myself now. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Um, We are... Well, it's good to see everyone's faces again. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Just say hello to someone sitting next to you. Everyone's just staring at me. (laughs) Just say hello to someone sitting next to you. Yeah, Ask them how they're doing this fine morning. (laughs) Oh, good. Yes, yeah, some people are giving others hugs. Yeah, that's good, that's good. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's okay. It's okay, Ian. Ian, yeah, it's okay. Hi, Jake. All right, okay, we'll be starting a new series this morning, and it's it's called Behind the Songs We, S- we Sing. Um, I know a couple of people have asked me, have asked Johnny, have asked Donna, you know, um, the meaning of certain songs that we sing here and we've had to s- explain a little bit about what those songs mean to us personally and what I, what we thought the writers of those songs were saying as well. So this morning, um, this is sort of like an introduction to this series and a couple of us will be sharing on songs that have impacted them one way or another um, and I would just like to welcome them um, so that I don't waste so much time. The first person that will be speaking towards this morning will be Chris, and he's gonna, yeah, can we encourage him as he comes <laughs> up? And he's gonna <laughs> share, um, just go ahead and share the song that's on your heart and what God's just placed in your heart and how the song, what the song means to you. Okay? Thanks, Paul. Morning, everybody. Uh, For those of you who don't know,
0: I'm Chris. Uh, and Earlier this year, I decided to change my career, and I've started to train to be a secondary school teacher. Don't worry, that's not a, a, a damning indictment of uh, our fail education system that it would let someone like me be a teacher. If you've got kids in secondary schools, they are all very good in this area, so don't worry. Um, but one thing I've learned so far in my training is that teachers often have to reflect on their practice you know when they do a lesson they have to go back and think about what went well what went poorly how they can change things for the future so when Johnny asked me to do this I had to reflect on my Christian journey so far I've not been a Christian for very long I've only uh, come to Christ in the last couple of years and that's why I chose uh, come to the altar because it's a song that really uh, resonates with me and the journey that I've had so far and, and the call that I've received from Jesus, so it starts. Are you hurting and broken within, overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is calling. Now, before I came a Christian, I I always felt bad for the way that I was living life. I couldn't explain why, but there was there was something missing, and no matter how I acted, I suppose the best way to describe it was that I always felt ashamed of myself, of the things I was doing, of the the very uh, selfish and very sort of personal reasons I was living life, to get things, to own things, to have things, to look good in front of other people because I wanted them to to admire me, you know, to b- to build myself up, which is, which was wrong. And Jesus, I think, those pangs of guilt and shame that I had, to me, what was Jesus calling me. I just didn't realize. So instead, he made it very easy for me and he plonked my beautiful wife right in front of me who wasn't my wife at the time <laughs> and she brought me here to church and I instantly realized what was missing and that and you know that was Jesus in my life um so yeah and that's where my sort of journey began and the next the next verse in the song is have you come to the end of yourself do you thirst for a drink from the well Jesus is calling and I was, and I realized when I did come to church that the thirst that I had, this thing that I felt was missing, was Jesus. I was so... I had come to the end of it myself. I was just going through the motions each day until what I thought was just my ultimate demise, that I would die and disappear in, into nothing. And so the only... So I was just going through life, like, not really enjoying my job, not really doing anything with my life, not progressing. Like, and But when I came here and I felt Jesus, and I realized that there is purpose there is something to live for and yeah i just so i've lost where i am and yeah but just come in that one time and i'm sure you all know is when we get when jesus does quench our thirst it's not permanently we have to keep coming back for more and more and more and i realize now that i don't think i'll ever get rid of that thirst for jesus and i hope that i don't obviously um and that despite that this in Jesus, which I'll forever l- which I'll forever do, I'll forever run after him trying to learn more about him and be a- and be better and be more it like in his image. Uh that first will necessarily disappear. But despite that first always being there, I am happy and I am the happiest I have ever been. And I can only thank him for that. To know that I have his his of his grace that i have purpose and significance and i want to repay that love and that grace He has shown me to others in our community and to larger communities and and anyone that i meet in the world and it goes on to the chorus and it says oh come to the altar the father's arms are open wide forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of jesus christ so the shame that i felt is now gone i realise i don't have to carry it around with me am i perfect no do i still sin Yes. Um but what a difference it is to know that the mistakes I have made and will make are forgiven. Like Donna said when she prayed for us, that um the victory, even though we can't see it, it it's it's won. And we've got to remember that. And I'm not saying that we should just forget our sins, that we should when we do occasionally sin, that we should just be like, Ah, it's okay, you know, we've been forgiven. We should definitely take that with us. But for me personally, I now know that I can concentrate on living my life the way that I'm supposed to, the way that God wants me to, because I have that. Because I have that grace, because I have that forgiveness. I don't have to wallow in the the mire, the swamp of sin. I occasionally sin, yes, but I am. I am no longer a sinner. I am in Christ, and I have that freedom to go and live a purposeful and significant life for God. So leave behind your regrets and mistakes come today there's no reason to wait jesus is calling and he's calling us to his altar and to me an altar is obviously something that where we offer something and he's asking us to offer ourselves to god and in in my life that's something i'm now trying to do on a very regular basis every day i'm trying to say god i'm offering myself to you how can i serve you this day what is it i can do to help you and And God is reminding us that we can offer ourselves as, oops. God is reminding us, we can offer ourselves as we are too, you know yes, we've all made mistakes, yes, we have regrets, but that shouldn't stop us going to God and offering ourselves to Him and being the best servants that we can possibly be for Him, and that's something that I try and remember that I can make a mistake, but i shouldn't turn my back on God because of it, and God is God is never going to turn his back on me because of it, and that I should just take myself to Him every day, regardless, because if I truly believe that my sins have been forgiven and that I can go on and live life the way that I should, that I should be offering myself to God and worshiping him and trying to live the way that he wants me to live for him. Um, So bring your sorrows and trade them for joy. From the ashes a new life is born, Jesus is calling. And I believe now that I, I truly have, that my life is, I have been born again. And I am so much happier and I just want to go out and share the love of Jesus in the world and just bring more and more people who are in my situation to a place like this and just show them what an, ama- what an amazing like thing life can truly be, that we don't need all these materialistic things, that we don't need to be selfish and be better than other people, that they can come here and we, everyone can have everything that they'd ever need. And, yeah, this. And the last thing about being an altar is that it's just a, a funny thing that I want to do is I can't wait for the church to have another baptism. I don't know who was here for the last one, but I was and I thought it was absolutely amazing. Uh, and I can't wait for us to be able to have that opportunity to again offer ourselves at an altar to God. Because um there's a quote quote. Uh, there's a uh, some scripture, Mark two seventeen. I don't know if you've managed to find it for me and put it on a slide. No, okay, I'll get it on my phone. So Mark 2.17 says, On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And I do believe that he's, as well as calling us now, us Christians to the altar to offer ourselves to God, he is also calling the sinners and people like the past version of me who need our help. And so I just want to finish by praying that we can, as well as offering ourselves to God each day, that we also go out in into our into our work lives, into our daily lives, and we can help those sinners. We can help people like me uh, come and offer themselves to Jesus, because His is His is the way, His is the right way to live. And I just pray that we can bring as many people to that way as possible, because it truly is an amazing thing. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody.
1: Thanks, Chris. Carl. So Carl's gonna share with us one what one of his songs means to him.
2: Hello, you okay? Good, good. Um, yes, yeah, so I jumped to the opportunity really when Johnny said Do you wanna share something about the songs, behind the songs that we sing. Uh, but it's no lie, me and Cheryl are facing a massive mountain at the minute, so. There's a few songs that we're listening to the most, but one of the songs we're to more than that is Elevation Worship, um, Do It Again. Who's heard of that song? Yeah? Brilliant. Oh, God works. There we go. Um, so recently, the song Do It Again by Elevation Church stood out from all the other worship songs. So when you're in the car or at home, I mean, people admit, who's put a worship song on and a little tear run down the face? Yeah? Well, this is a song that we have that tear to. Every single time we hear it play, we just can't stop weeping. We absolutely love the song, and it means so much to us. So I want to share a bit of that to you this morning, if that's okay. Uh, The first verse of the song is, and some of you will be familiar with it, obviously. You just said you are. So it says, walking around these walls, I thought by now they'd fall, but you have never failed me yet, waiting for change to come, knowing the battle's won, for you have never failed me yet. Uh, recently, life feels like a bottomless valley for me and Cheryl, and we can never get out of it. We are facing a difficult time at the moment, but who knows that God uses lyrics to send you reassurance when you're in, in the valley. He, he, he sends you songs, lyrics to show that he's got your back for any situation that you're facing. Uh, another lyric says, I've seen you move, you can move the mountains, and I believe that you will do it again. You made a way where there was no way, and I believe you will do it Again. Your know, mountains come in all forms of different things. It doesn't just have to be an actual physical mountain that you can see, but it might come in the form of an addiction, uh, sexual immorality, cheating, stealing, lying. That could be the mountain in your life that you are trying to conquer and get through. But God has the power to move those mountains. I've seen him do it previously in my life, so I know that it's real and it's not a gimmick. This is not just something that Christians hold on to, but he can actually move the mountains in your life. God can move the mountains, and all you need is faith to get through the battle and conquer what you think is impossible. To link it to scripture, I want to have a quick look at Exodus 14 verses 21 to 22. And this is Moses when he's just delivered the Israelites out of captivity from Egypt, and he's taken them to the promised land, the promised land." And it says this in Exodus it says, "And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, And all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided. And one one of the the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on the right and on the left. You know, the more I think about this story, I think it's absolutely bonkers, really. I think it's absolutely crazy that God just parted the sea and the Israelites walked through. And the Israelites knew that they just had to keep on walking to get to the promised land and leave behind the captivity that they were facing. And I believe that's what God's saying to us through the the mountain you are facing right now. All you have to do is keep on walking through it and you will get to the promised land you got to have the faith to believe and the pharaoh was hunting these people down I can imagine the pharaoh had all his army and they were strapped up with like ak-47s and grenade launchers and rocket launchers and stuff probably over exaggerating a little bit but they were they were chasing him down and the Israelites got to the edge of the Red Sea you know like so where do we go now and God came through and delivered and parted the sea and all they had to do was just keep walking to the promised land but I bet that There were some Israelites there, similar to me and Cheryl, where when we're not faced with anything in life, we can have the best faith in the world. But when the mountains come, that's when you show your true level of faith. And I bet Israelites stood at the Red Sea when the water was there, and they were like, oh, God's going to deliver no problem. And then when he parted the Red Sea, I bet some Israelites' faith wavered a little bit. And I bet some people were like, can't go through there. That's crazy, God. We're going to die. Not a chance I'm walking through there. And I bet other Israelites walked through it, touching the walls of water. They couldn't believe what God was doing. They were just mesmerized by it all. And then I bet there were some proper faith believers in there who walked through with their arms high, preaching, worshiping Jesus, worshiping God as he walked through there, saying, our God is a great, you know, whatever they were singing, I don't know. And they were just singing because they couldn't believe what God had done. But they're all displaying the true levels of faith. But they all knew that no matter what, they just had to keep on walking to get to the promised land, to the freedom. Sometimes things happen in life that stop us from walking with God and try to try to deter us from our eternal plan. And that seems such an easy thing to do and such an easy route to take. But God's saying to you this morning, saying to me in Shelter, the son that you have to just keep on walking. You cannot give up when life gets tough. But I have seen him move a mountain and I will see him do it again. I don't know the week you've had this week, I don't know the week you're gonna have next week or the situation's facing you. But I do know that God loves you, and he's got a, if you've got a mountain in your way, he can move that mountain. Maybe by throwing up a prayer to him, lifting up your voices and worship at home or in the car on the way to work, seeking him first at every opportunity, opening your Bibles and studying the word of God. This will, these are the steps that will help you break that mountain. Stay close to the maker of everything, because he can move the mountain. Remember, the Israelites went from the enemy to the promised land in one night. Imagine what you can do in one night when you've got Jesus and God by your side. Amen.
1: Okay, hey, um old-fashioned. I've got a piece of paper here. So um, I'll just share. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'll just share. Um, a song that um, meant so much to me as well and we've we sung it already this morning it's called you never let go by matt redman now um this song was written or was released over 12 years ago by Matt Redman. And it's based or inspired by Psalm 23, verse 4. And it says that even though I walk through the darkest valleys, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And it goes on to say, your rod and your staff, it comforts me, and all of that, and all of that. Now, these were the words written by David over 3,000 years ago. And you know what? The good news is that these words are still relevant for us today. When I did a little bit of research about this song, I realized that Matt and Beth Redman wrote this song when they just had their second miscarriage. And for people who've experienced that, you know how it, how it is. You know how the loss of, of, a, of a child that you've not seen is. to you, And it was a really, really, really difficult time for them. Now, for me, this song is a song of faith and is a song of trust. It's a song of faith and trust in a God that will never leave me nor forsake me. It is a song of faith and trust in a God who says that he will be with me no matter what. It is a song of faith and trust who has said that he would always be by my side. And I I know that he means every word he says. Now the first verse of that song says that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, your perfect love is casting out fear. And even when I'm caught in the middle of the storms of this life, I won't turn back. I know you are near. And the reality is that we live in a world that's full of dark and depressing news. Am I right? When you turn on the TV, when you turn on the radio, what do you hear and what do you see? Bad news everywhere. There's always some gloom and doom somewhere. And you know what? As Christians, we can't escape from that. We're in this world. We can't escape from the pain that's in this world. Whether it's happening to you personally or whether it's happening to someone you know or someone that you love. Jesus said something in John 16 33 says that in this world we will have what trouble it's there we will have it but there's good news the good news that we have a God who will stand by us and who says that he will not turn his back on us he will not leave us or forsake us now don't get me wrong the pain that we all feel the struggles we all go through the disappointments we face the challenges we face they are all real but so is God god is more real than those pain and those struggles that we all face the pre-chorus then goes on to say that and i will fear no evil for my god is with me and if my god is with me whom then shall i fear now i'm pretty sure we've all experienced fear one way or another haven't we fear can manifest itself as worry or as anxiety it could even be our imagination just going into overdrive But you know what? The devil uses that as a very potent weapon against us. But what did Paul say in Philippians 4, 6, 7? He encourages us says, be anxious for what? Nothing. And he also went on to say that we should renew our minds constantly with the word of God. Now, people experience fear in different ways. You know, there's a fear of humiliation. There's a fear of shame. There's a fear of disappointment. There's a fear of abandonment. There's a fear of being alone. There's a fear of lack of money. There's so many types of fears, you know. And I, I did a quick Google yesterday, and there were some things I saw, and it was just a bit funny to me. Some people have a phobia for trees. Some people have a phobia of, or a fear of taking a bath. <laughs> some people have a fear of cheese. Some people have a fear of being watched by a duck. <coughs> now, I don't understand that. <laughs> But it's an actual fear. The names are really ridiculous and long, but I can't, I can't just go there and pronounce them. Some people have a fear of being without a mobile phone. <laughs> yes, Jake is agreeing to that. You know, so there are different types of fear. But I think the biggest fear of all for most people is the fear of death. <coughs> people are afraid to die, maybe personally, or people are afraid to lose someone that they love. And that's, that's a real fear, you know. The Bible says that Jesus came here, he lived here on earth, and he died so that he could free all of us who were slaves to the fear of death. The message translation puts it this way. He said he came to free those who are scared to death of death. You see, in times of fear, when we walk through our deepest, darkest valleys, God has said that he would be with us. There's one of my favorite scriptures I always quote when I go through um, troubles, and it's from Isaiah 43, I think. It says, do not fear, for I've redeemed you. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep you over. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. The bridge then goes on to say that I can see a light that's coming for the heart that holds on. A glorious light beyond all compare. There will be an end to these troubles, but until that day comes, we will live to know you know you here on the earth. It also says, but until that day comes, I will praise you, and I will praise you constantly. Now, I've come to realize that there are difficulties in life that we all face that we never get closure on. That's true. That's the, that's the reality. There are difficulties that people face that we will never get closure on. But one of the things I encourage myself is, despite the sufferings that we face here on earth, there is a better glory in heaven when I meet Jesus. And that should be our hope as well, that there is a better glory when we meet Jesus. Personally, there are some times when I have stood here leading worship or I'm speaking like I am now, and what's going through my head is that I am struggling with my own deep, dark valleys. And it just feels like everything around me is not working and I'm losing, and I'm losing really, really bad. And the truth is, those moments can be overwhelming. Those moments can be really overwhelming. And in those moments, it's, it's really easy to focus on the things that are not working. I can focus on all my problems, I can focus, and it's just so easy to focus on that, but what I have chosen to do is I choose to, dis- to focus on the bigger picture. I choose to focus on the big picture that the one who has said he would take care of the sparrows will also take care of me. Even when my heart is heavy, I choose to focus on that, and I know that he will never leave me. He will not forsake me. He will not abandon me. You see, sometimes we, Carl has said something about mountains, and you see, <laughs> we, may, we might focus on the mountain that's in front of us, and we forget that the mountains that are behind us were just as hard to climb But the reality is that we didn't climb those mountains alone. We climbed it with the one, the God of Angel armies, the one who created the heavens and the earth. So our attitude should be that we would keep on focusing and praising him and focus on the right things. The chorus then goes on to say, oh, no, you never let go. You never let go of me through the calm and through the storm. In every high and in every low, you never let go of me. This is what God's saying to me. This is what God's saying to you this morning. God will never let go of you. God will never let go of you. He will not leave you in your state. I always remember this quote from Corrie Ten Boom that says that there's no love, there's no no, um, grave so deep that God's love is not deeper still. God will chase you. God will look for you and find you. Because he loves you. I'd just like to welcome the the worship team back up um, as we go into a time of response. And like I said, that chorus says that God will never let you go. I'm just reminded of something that happened to me recently. I have just been away and I saw my adorable little niece. And just before I left, she gave me the biggest hug ever. And... Her words to me were, "Uncle, don't go. Don't go." She hugged me and she was like, "Don't leave." <laughs> and I, at that moment, I was like, "Yeah, I wish I could stay, but if I if I stay longer, I'll miss my flight and I can't get back to England." And you know, but I knew that if I if I held on to her too long, I'll start crying. She'll start crying, and everyone will start crying. And I just, I just had to like, all yeah, right, yeah. just 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 let me go. But that just reminded me of the father's love to us even though I said I was gonna you know go and she was saying don't leave don't leave God would not leave us even if we choose to pack our bags and go to the deepest part of the earth God will still go with us he will still chase after us he will still hold on to us because he loves us One of the songs we sang again earlier was the the, the lyrics there was th- said that he's the one that never leaves the one behind he will not leave you behind he will never let you go and god means every word he says so as the the worship team just uh carries on. if you if you if you know that these songs or the words of these songs the lyrics of these songs have meant anything to you or you are going through your own mountain or you are going through your own challenge and you want someone to just pray with you, I'll just ask the, the prayer team or anyone who is able to pray to just stand at the back and you can just walk up to them. You don't, you don't need to say anything to them. Just, just talk to them and say, look, I need prayers and they would, I'm sure they'll pray with you. And if, if you just want to respond and say, God, I am coming to your altar now, Like Chris said, I'm leaving everything behind, leaving my past behind, and I want to take a bold decision to follow you, then still do that, and I think the prayer team would be willing to uh, pray with you out back.